This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's up, you guys? Welcome to the June 28th edition of the Roto World Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm Mike Gallagher. And about two hours ago, I was wondering what the heck we're going to talk about today. And Woj Bomb. <laughs> Woj Nuke, man. Uh, with me to break down the CP3 trade is Ryan Kanas. What's up, man? Oh, man. What a morning, huh? CP3 to Houston. Phil Jackson's gone. All sorts of stuff to talk about. This will be fun. It's insane, man. I mean, I when I got that notification, I got Woj on notifications, and I, I read it, and it kind of came out of nowhere. And I was like, wait, what? Like... It's Woj. It's verified. It's not an old tweet. I was like looking at all the stuff, and like it took my minute to process this, and it's just like this is Woj bomb season, man. Um, again, we were we were thinking about leading with Phil Jackson and all that, but this is just a crazy, crazy trade. I mean, you go from James Harden, who was tops in the NBA in assists, tops in the NBA in time possession at eight point nine minutes per game. CP3 was seventh in that department. So um, let's start with CP3, uh, a guy who was probably looking at around, I would say, 12th pick-ish, um, 10th, 11th, 12th um, in a 9-cat in a league. Do you see him gaining, losing value, holding value? Uh, he did play career low in minutes last year. He had a, a three-year stretch of double-digit dimes get snapped last year, coming off one of his worst seasons as far as overall stats go. Um, so how do, where do you see CP3 fitting into this? Uh, and I guess where are you going to target him in 8 and 9-cap? Yeah, worst overall seasons he still wasn't that bad. Yeah, um, I, I'm confident in CP3. I think I'm not too worried about his value. I think there's going to be less time on ball. Clearly, I mean that's yeah. that's a given because uh, I looked into the CP3 had 44.7 percent of his usage last year came as a pick and roll ball handler. James Harden was 40.5 percent as a pick and roll ball handler. They're you know they can't both constantly have the ball. Um, so there's going to be some give and take there, but I think CP3 goes from a team that was number 17 in pace to number three in Houston. Um, Houston had the second most efficient offense last year at 111.8 points per hundred possessions. Uh, and I think CP3 can actually increase that number. So it's going to be scary offensively what, what they could put together. And, uh, Paul's probably going to be encouraged to bomb away from downtown a little more. He had a career high five attempts from deep last year and Pat Beverly, was at 4.3. So, I mean, CP3 could be pushing six attempts from deep. I think he's going to get easier looks. He's, his assists should probably jump in the Houston's fluid passing environment. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm actually fine with CP3 in Houston. Uh, yeah, I have a slight downgrade. Um, I You would think they're going to stagger. You would think that at all times, CP3 and Harden are going to be on the floor, right? Much like, yeah. And I yeah. always talk about the CJ McCollum-Dame thing. Which is what when they're healthy, that's pretty much what they do. They'll have CP, they'll have CJ come out midway through the first, and then pull out Dame at late first, and then kind of put CJ back in. So there's always that there. So you would think they would kind of copycat that. So I mean, you're probably looking at again 31 minutes overall. I think is is fair, um, and you're probably going to get you know 11 minutes without Harden. So you're going to get 11 minutes of that top seven, top eight kind of CP3 guy. 
mixed in with probably that with hard on the floor, you know, call it like 25-ish. So I think you're looking at like 14th, 15th pick, something like that, and that's fine. Um, one other stat too that I, I was kind of blown away about. Um, so Chris, uh, Chris Paul had more mid-range makes, 2.7 per game, than the whole Rockets team had last year, 2.4 per game. So <laughs> that's an interesting fit. Uh, Chris Paul led all point guards in that department. So that's going to be crazy, like because they are very, very anti mid range with the Mori ball. So I mean, do you, like, is he going to have to change his game? Like you said, is he going to be more of a you know th- um, twenty four feet and out kind of a three guy, or can he still hang in that mid range? Where do you expect that to fit with this new team? Yeah, I mean, I think for sure his mid range game will be de emphasized, um, just given how Houston's offense flows, but. CP3 is so good, and his outside shot, he's always sort of a reluctant scorer. His, his you know, first instinct is to set up his teammates, get the offense flowing, and Houston has that in spades, so I don't think he's going to have, you know, as much of a burden as a playmaker and a table setter as he has throughout his career, really. Yeah. Um, so I, I think we could, you know, see a bit of offensive freedom from Chris Paul, which could be a fun thing this year. Yeah. Um, it's yeah, it's gonna be weird. Another guy who, again, Harden is all on ball. He's so unassisted so often, and so is CP3. I mean, CP3 is another guy who gets his own shot. Doesn't really do catch and shoot too much. Um, pulling up that stat really fast. Um, to, to, to your to your point, while you look up that stat, do you think so? They're both they both can't be on ball. Which of these two? What do you think will uh, tend to go off ball more often? Who do you, you know, given Houston's offense and their particular skills, it's got to be Harden, right? I don't know. I mean, it's yeah, like it's check this out. So, guess what? Chris Paul shot on catch and shoot threes last year. Probably fifty percent. Exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Fifty point zero. Um, oh yeah, wow! Yeah. <laughs> so he, yeah, he is. He's good off the ball, man. He's a really good shooter. A lot of people yeah. don't give him credit for that. So I mean, with the way that Harden runs his offense and the way that they're built, and with how he's so great at slashing and breaking Draw down fouls. defenses, yeah. yeah, like Chris, like Harden, like kind of takes you, you know, with a with a gun. You know, he just like boom, like your defense is imploded. Chris Paul is kind of like. Death by a thousand cuts, where he'll kind of, you know, you know, Jab yeah, exactly, like wiggle yeah. out, and he won't just go straight down the middle, you know, like Harden does. So it's going to be an adjustment period. Like I think that they're both going to kind of equally hit. So we said Harden was at eight point nine minutes per game with the ball, so that's probably down to seven. Um, you know, losing two minutes per game, I think is fair. Uh, and then CP probably like one and a half ish. So similar percentage, I think that they're. Um, yeah, I mean, it's going to be, it's crazy. Like, I don't think I've ever really seen it. Like, we talk about CJ and Dame, um, but this is these two guys are so, so... Yeah, and again, yeah, those guys, those guys are... Insane. Yeah, those guys are very effective off-ball guys. So, yeah, yeah it's... Uh, and CJ's also... Um, CJ's a little bit like CP, where he kind of gets a little bit of mid-range stuff going on, and he's adapted his game, so... Yeah, I mean, like we said... And then, okay, so I guess let's get to Harden, uh, a guy who was probably number one for 8-cat if we were drafted today... Now, I mean, he's still top three in eight cat. He's going to do so much damage. Again, he's going to CP's only going to play 31, 32 minutes. So he's going to be able to eat in those 16 minutes he's off the floor with him. So he's good there. Yeah, um, I think I'm a little bit concerned that he rests a little bit here and there. So, um, I, yeah, I, I'm still fine with him. Um, eight cat, I had him probably at around four or five before today. Now I think he's probably like five or six. Not like a huge drop off. You, you mean nine cat? Yeah, yeah, sorry. 
Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you there. The, I mean, the turnovers are you. If you draft James Harden, you're losing turnovers. So yeah. Um. There's a definite hit to his value in nine cat. Eight cat. I'm with you. I think he's still top three. Um. The assists are are gonna take a hit, but. I think hopefully his efficiency will come up with Paul finding. I mean, he hasn't had a backcourt mate like this uh, who's actively looking for him. So I think the efficiency should come up, shooting percentages up. Um, and he's, as you said, he's still going to feast every time he's on the court without Paul. And even with Paul on the court, he's he's going to get his stats. Um, so I'm, I'm fine with Harden. I don't think he takes too big a dip, really. Yeah, he's um, – so like we said, Chris Paul is a, kind of a fantastic – um, off-ball guy. James isn't quite there. Um, he didn't shoot as great. There, he still shot 39% on catch-and-shoot threes. Still pretty good. But this guy lives on pull-ups, man. Um, 9.5 pull-ups per game. 2.4 catch-and-shoot attempts per game. That's overall. I mean, so this guy, it's it's going to be Two point, Yeah, I was wondering. I was going to say, like, that can't be high usage on the catch-and-shoot. Yeah, exactly. But And he actually was worse on pull-up threes. He only shot 33.2% on pull-up threes, 6.8 per game. <laughs> I think that's probably a league high. Uh, actually, Westbrook. So, no, no. Um, Hard, I think Harden's tops in the league for pull-up threes per game. Um, so, yeah, like we said, yeah. he's going to be fine. Okay, anything else you want to add for the two stars? Or we got a lot to talk about. No, yeah, let's move on to the supporting cast. Yeah, so sticking with the Rockets, I think a sneaky winner here is Clint Capella. Uh, He sniped me on that. Yeah, a guy who really (laughs) blossomed as a pick-and-roll scorer. Um, That was, again, their pet play. They loved that 1-5 pick-and-roll with Harden. Now they're going to run 1-5, 2-5, a lot of that. So I I expect him to see an increase in that 23 and change minutes per game, probably around 27. He's going to get so many easy buckets. I mean, it's basically Lob City South, like I said in my column. Um, so you think he's going to get dunks and dunks and dunks galore. Um, you know, he may lead the league in field goal percentage. Uh, hopefully he can up his free throw percentage a little bit. But, yeah, he looks like a really, really – if you're punting, he's he's going to be awesome. Yeah, punt, punt I don't want to get too, too far ahead of ourselves. But in connection with this, I think DeAndre Jordan's going to take a hit losing yeah. Chris Paul. But Capella – I mean, you said it. He already has a beautiful lob connection with Harden. CB3 might be the best in the league at, the, at lob passes, so he's just going to, yeah, I think he's going to feast at the rim. And uh, field goal percentage is up. Minutes should go up. I'm with you. I think he's going to be a sneaky kind of mid-round pick. Yeah. I mean, if I, I don't usually punt, but it's, and like we, we said in our mock that we did last, this month, um, he's, I mean, he, it's, it's, it's a good, it's a, if you're playing in a league that's kind of all of like us, where we don't want to punt. Like, it makes a lot of sense. Like, Steve cleaned up with uh, a yeah. lot of guys that are bad. So this is a really a good year to punt. Um, I mean, I, I honestly think I would take Capella before I would take Andre Drummond, if that sounds crazy. Um, I think he's going to be really good, man. Uh, Andre Drummond's not I, that great for field goal percentage. I wouldn't do that. Yeah? But, but yeah. I well, I mean, if, if we're talking about, out. like, pure value and not talking about punting. If, we're, if you're punting, then, yeah, that's, that's different. But I just think, like, if I'm doing rankings... I would probably because Capella's not going to hurt you nearly as much as Drummond will. Right, volume wise. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Do you put any stock? Just a quick aside in uh, Drummond. You know, he had that surgery to repair a, a deviated septum. He said yeah. he, he could, you know, struggling to breathe throughout his NBA career. Essentially, do you think that's going to give him any boost, or you're not really putting much stock in that? No, not really. Then again, I mean, yeah. if I know whenever I I have allergies and stuff, and I know when my allergies are acting up, I get winded a lot faster. So, I mean, I guess there's some truth to that. Yeah. Well, anyway. Yeah. The proof proof will be in the pudding this exactly. year. But 
Um, but yeah, point point being, Capella's gonna gonna take a, a leap this year and probably shouldn't slide past sixty. Yeah, I mean, if we're doing rankings and we're gonna factor in field goal percentage, I think putting him at fifty is fair. Um, even yeah. if you're punting, I mean, like if you take. There's actually, because like Giannis learned how to shoot free throws last year. He was pretty decent. There's really, like LeBron, I guess, would be it. LeBron was kind of down from uh, free throws. So I guess if you draft LeBron, you might as well just go ahead and punt. Um, yeah, I think LeBron was career worst last yeah, year. Or worse since his rookie year or something like that. Yeah. Uh, okay, so other Rockets, I mean, pretty much you could say they're all losers. Uh, Eric Gordon was not good. He gets a lot of credit for what he did in December and early January, but. He was not good in the second half of last season. In February, March, and April, he shot 37.6% from the field. I mean, he was killing you there. He wasn't good. Uh, Lou Williams really put the kibosh on him. So, yeah, he may see a similar amount of shots and all that, but he doesn't do anything else. So, I'm not even drafting him in 12 teams. I don't like him. I mean, he actually stayed healthy, which is, you know, give him credit for that. But I was shocked that he won six, man. Yeah. I didn't agree with that at all. Awkward telecast of the NBA awards. I thought that was one of the, the most surprising moments. I disagreed with so many of the awards, by the way. Yeah, it was like, strange. I thought that I, w- I would have voted, and you would have voted for Sarge, too, over Brogdon. Brogdon has the lowest um, points per game for any rookie of the year ever. Um, wow, so, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah that, was the, that was the first big surprise. Yeah, and then also, um, he didn't win a rookie of the month at all last year. It was pretty much Joel... Dario, and then Willie won it in April. Willie Hernan Gomez. So, um, and and there was uh, since the NBA has been doing East West Player of the Month, uh, Rookie of the Month. He's the first play, first rookie to win Rookie of the Year without winning that award. And that, that started in two thousand one. So very very just like consistent season. I don't know. I I didn't agree with that. Okay, let's get back on track. Uh, Ryan Anderson. Mm, eh, what do you think? I don't really. I, I'm not convinced he's going to be in Houston next season yeah, anyway. Right. Um, but if he is, I don't know. I, an, another great passer to set him up. So I guess maybe a tiny boost. But yeah, he wasn't great last year anyway. So I'm, another guy I'm not eager to take at all. Yeah, I'm not really targeting him either. Uh, anybody else worth mentioning here? Um, Trevor Rees is kind of a hold, I guess. I don't really see his value changing. Unless yeah, they add someone. Basically this. Same thing. I mean, his role last year was just was strictly three and D. He yeah. sat in the corner on offense. And, he's great. He, and he's great in that role, though. Yeah, and for fantasy, it's fine if he knocks down threes, gets steals, uh, rebounds the ball a little bit, and shoots with high percentages. You're you're happy. Yeah, you think he's going to be open a lot. Oh, yeah, sure. never turns the ball over. So a nine cap, that's yeah, great. Very auto porter esque with a little little bit of a little of other stuff too along the way. Um, anybody else? Um, I don't really think I'm going to draft anyone yeah. else. Yeah, we're good. Okay, so let's move to the Clippers. This team is in a transition period, so whatever we say, this could all be stale um, by the time Saturday comes around. But, yeah, I mean, you would think that Blake's gone, right? Yeah, it's confusing. I mean, if, the, if they're unloading Paul, yeah. they're suddenly so much less competitive, and what they got back is not going to challenge for dominance in the West, right. obviously. They're not in a position to bring in another superstar free agent to pair with, with Griffin. So I think he's going to you know, look around, survey his options. Do I want to be the centerpiece of a bad team? Or do I want to potentially be the you know, the, the game changer on a, a team like the Celtics or you know, some other team hankering for that, that final piece to put him over the top? Yeah, I heard OKC's in on him. But yeah, I think Boston's probably the... Like, 
like we said last week, Boston has to have something up their sleeve right now. I mean, for them yeah. to sit on their hands when they didn't make any, when we saw Jimmy Butler get dealt. And by the way, that Jimmy Butler deal looks even worse now for the Bulls, considering what CP3 was kind of just. CP3 would have been gone for nothing. They still got back some yeah. decent pieces. I actually, I love this trade for LA. I mean, yeah, it's solid. Paul Paul told them that he was going to leave, so they're like, okay, do we get nothing or do we get you know a a starter caliber point guard and Pat Beverly, uh, Lou Williams and a first round draft pick and Sam Decker is a throw in. We'll talk about him, but you know, they, they need some help on the wings. So yeah, I actually like the package they got back. Yeah. So speaking of Lou, he was really good as a Laker. Uh, Lakers averages 18.6 points, 2.3 boards, 3.2 assists, 1.1 steals, 2.1 trades. This guy was putting up pretty much early round value as a Laker. Um, so I mean, Definite winner. I mean, this guy, he's going to go He's gonna go late. I mean, people aren't going to probably draft him in the like, 7th or 8th round, and he could easily be a top 50 guy next year. Yeah, he's been hit or miss for fantasy throughout his career. But I see it, and you look at the Clippers' current makeup, and as you said, this things could change overnight. We don't know what's going to happen. But they don't have depth anywhere. So And they don't have a lot of offense, especially if Blake Griffin leaves. They're in dire straits. Um so Lou Williams is gonna gonna feast, I think, and it's it's a fascinating pairing putting him together on the same team with Jamal Crawford, two perennial six man candidates. Um, so do you think Lou Williams starts at shooting guard? Where do you, like, given the current makeup of the roster, what do you what do you think? I mean, I would I would keep him in what he does well. Uh, I would keep him in the six round role. Um, so what about so you got Lou and Jamal coming off the bench, which will be yeah. Awesome offensively, but defensively, yeah. I feel like the the penetration they would allow would be insane. Yeah, I mean they still have. I think Rivers probably starts at shooting guard uh, with Pat Bev. I think that's what I would do. And yeah, they, they and then a lot even... hinges on can they retain JJ Redick or right. do they want to? What about Umba Mute? I mean, there's so many things in the air for. I think Redick's gone. Yeah, I think both of them are gone. To be honest, yeah. why why keep Mute a defensive specialist? You know, you're probably going to overpay for a guy who's going to help you not make the playoffs. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. They may start um, Rivers at the three, man. I mean, they're going to have no depth on the wing. Um, again, they're going to have to sign somebody or somebody. And also, um, really, their whole youth is interesting now. Um, they drafted somebody um, kind of NBA. I can't remember who it was. Um, I was like interested by it. I can't remember who it was. Let me check real fast. Um, or anybody else. What, what do you think about Rivers? But we'll look that up. Uh, Rivers gets a boost here. I mean, yeah. they're gonna need to him to play big minutes, and yeah, I don't love him as a fantasy option. Never have, yeah. probably never will. But um, I think minutes wise, he's gonna go up. But I would, I, I, this would be a fascinating column. But like a per thirty six minute fantasy value, I, I feel like he's on the low end of that. Like even if he gets a ton of minutes, I don't think he's a great fantasy value kind of guy who doesn't give you a lot of defensive stats. Percentages aren't quite there. Um, so I don't I don't love him. Uh, Sam Decker I mentioned earlier. I think he's he looks like a throw-in, but he could actually have a yeah. major role. We said that Bamute could leave in free agency. He's got a player option at two point three million, which he's surely going to turn down. Um, Wesley Jan- Johnson didn't exactly light it up last year, and the Clips are in rebuilding mode. So Decker's a young, promising wingman. He was really good in uh, certain stretches for the Rockets last year. So. He's kind of a sneaky guy. He's like a flyer pick, or especially in 14-team leagues. Yeah. So the guy I was thinking of was uh, Sindarius Thornwell, 48th pick. Um, 
They picked. They basically bought that pick. He had big numbers in South Carolina. 21.4 points, 7.1 boards, 2.8 assists, 2.1 steals, 1.0 blocks, and 1.93s. And that's college numbers, but that's pretty tasty. So yeah. definitely someone to keep an eye on. Again, when, when teams go into rebuilding mode, we've seen guys kind of come out of the blue. Um, they had another pick. Oh, yeah. Jawan Evans. Yep. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but um, yeah, he's also an interesting guard. So yeah, that's a good point. You got you should keep an eye on that. Like those guys on draft day didn't look like anything, no, no. given the given the current state of the Clippers. Yeah, suddenly we were they're gonna, kind we, of interesting. We were going to talk some um, draft sleepers, but now we we got this thing. Uh, okay, so again, it's it's so tough. Like you said, Decker, man, he went. You can say that Decker's style of play is like perfect for Houston. Um, a guy that has size that can play the four when they want him to run. Um, decent post guy, um, but again, you know, very three-point dependent perimeter base, and now he goes to a very different system. So usage is up. I think maximizing potential as far as his per minutes goes down um, just because the Rockets are such a fantasy yeah. feast. So, But yeah, again, massive opportunity. He could even start, too. Um, this guy, we've seen him kind of go off, and um, D'Antoni likes him. D'Antoni even called him raw. Um, he said that he loves his game, but he had defensive lapses as a rookie. Uh, it's kind of interesting. So I think Decker's definitely. I take. I'll take a, a last round flyer on him. Yeah, for sure. Um, anybody uh, else on the Clippers? Again, we talked about the. Oh, so I guess we'll take DeAndre. So yeah, uh, again, he just lives off CP3. The of his passes received, thirty one percent of them were from CP3. Um, so he's gonna be. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be crazy. Um, yeah, he took uh, Jordan had ninety two point four percent of his shots in the restricted area yeah. uh, last year, yeah. which is completely insane. Yeah. Uh, he had I think under ten shots outside of the paint, something like that, like maybe seven shots. Um, so losing any lob dunks and things like that around the rim is gonna hurt him, and he's absolutely going to with Chris Paul gone. Yep. So I don't see. I mean, you look at their backcourt. I don't see the chemistry. I don't see the ability to, to break down defenses and free up Jordan, you know, draw the big man to them and, and somehow find Jordan with those magical passes that CP3 used to have. So, yeah, he definitely takes a hit. I think, you know, his field goal percentage will still be great. Don't get me wrong, but it's not going to be 70%. And he's not going to, I think the volume might come down a little bit. Um, so I'm not, yeah, I think he, I think, DeAndre loses a little bit of value here. Yeah, and don't forget too, Blake was Blake's a pretty good assist man as well. Um, he's one of the top guys for for forwards and assists. He had four point nine assists last year. He's had four point nine or more in three straight seasons. Um, so he also has a good rapport with DJ. It's going to be, you know, usage will probably be up, but efficiency will go down. He's obviously going to murder you in free throw percentage, um, and maybe even his boards go up a little bit. I mean, he's got a decent chance to, or a very great chance to to lead the NBA in rebounds, right? Yeah, definitely. Now the the usage going up is interesting because but, no, I'm not talking about like a massive spike, but I mean you're no, taking no, Blake and this guy going to shoot the ball, you know. I just like that he's never going to be a guy that they can feed to on the post, right? right. Yeah, absolutely. I'll look up yeah. his uh, post up percentages. Like he has very little post up plays too. Um, yeah, as yeah. should be. I mean, yeah. he was only point three off Whiteside for the lead last year. So I think I mean taking assuming Griffin goes. I mean, he's got a chance for like 15 boards, I think. Yeah, yeah, and he's he's led the league most well two of the past three seasons. Yeah, I think the two prior to Whiteside winning. Yeah, and he's super durable, man. I mean, that guy is just yeah. If I'm betting on rebound per game guy, I'm betting DeAndre. Yeah. 
so anybody else that you think would be? Uh, what about <clears throat> Jamal Crawford? I touched on briefly. I think they got to keep him on the bench. I mean, he's how old? he's like forty years old now, and yeah. in the in the tail end of his career. But I mean, he still gets it done, and he's still a, a creator and playmaker. So I think they're going to keep him off the bench. I don't really see his role changing too too much because yeah. he can't it's not like he can step into suddenly to a 32 minute role he's kind of limited by what he is at this point in his yeah. career and then by the way deandre jordan 1.1 post-ups per game um, yeah 52.6 percentile so he's just slightly above average as far as efficiency goes yeah like i said i mean it's it's tough this could all change next week um we'll have a better idea who's gone off the clippers do you think Blake will sign agree fast, or do you think he'll be one of those? Like, because Lamarcus, um, when he came out, he took a little bit of time to figure out um, what he was going to do. Like, he was one of the last big pieces. Do you think it'll? Do you think free agency will kind of move fast this year, or what? I honestly have no idea. Yeah, I don't <laughs> it's always every year is different. Um, I mean, the, uh, you know, today is a perfect example. I didn't see this happening. Yeah, I think this blindsided everybody except Woj. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I don't know, but it, my gut, I guess, says that Blake will take his time and really, really sort through his options. He's in, he's in the driver's seat here, so I think, yeah, he can kind of sift through offers and figure out what's the best place for him in terms of his career, his legacy, his, you know. Yeah, yeah so we'll, we'll definitely be back on this, again, free agency and stuff. Um, but, yeah, I guess let's move on. Unless you want anything else you want to add, I think we kind of covered the, the big guys. Yeah, I think we got. Yeah, we'll we'll be back on this for sure again once we see Blake what he does. Okay, so the big news before this is Phil Jackson is gone. He got nixed. Um, so before we break that down, I just gotta remind everyone what is what a silly goose James Dolan is, and one of my favorite things is him playing Yuzu. Um, I tweeted out this video, so hop on my Twitter to see the whole thing. It's like nine minutes, but the whole thing is so funny. But I want to play my favorite part right here real fast. Okay, so, do you know how to play a kazoo? So, this is a kazoo. There's a big end, and there's a little end. The big end goes in your mouth. Like this, and then... You hum, right? So it will sound like this. Ah. All right. <laughs> wow. It's so good. Never gets old, does it? No, it never does. Um, That's ridiculous. So yeah, this, the whole thing is like, is it, I got my butt in like, Amari's there, Mello's there, Joe Walsh and the Eagles is there, and all these cast of characters. I mean, <sighs> he's, he's too J- funny. JD and the straight shot. <laughs> <laughs> This is exactly. the name of James Dolan's band. I know every Knicks fan wants him to focus on his music career instead of running the Knicks. Yeah, which is funny because he hasn't been a straight shooter throughout nice. you know, the decades. So, it's, it's always There's always uh, some background shenanigans. And... Yeah, so, I mean, the Knicks are finally on, on the way um, to rebuilding their franchise. Obviously, the Phil thing was a massive, massive mistake. One of those guys who thinks he's the smartest guy in the room. You know, he's playing... 1990s basketball where everyone's playing 2017 yep. basketball and it's like you don't have Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, Shaq and Pippen you don't like your offense isn't going to work with the triangle which also is interesting because they drafted Frank Nibukina who was he you know kind of pimped the triangle offense like oh yeah it'd be great uh, I love their organization and now they're kind of stuck and I mean in hindsight now not picking Dennis Smith Jr. looks kind of bad right? 
Yeah. And how did you pronounce the number eight pick? What's his last name? Nidokina? Nidokina? All right. Yeah. I've, I've never heard it pronounced. Yeah. It's, I think I'm saying that right. I'm going Nidokina. Off. Well, anyway, no one's going to judge us for getting it yeah, wrong. Yeah, I'm going off how um, Fisher pronounced it. But yeah, you're, I mean, Phil Jackson, I, I have no interest in the Knicks, positive or negative, but just objectively, this was a train wreck for the yeah. past three years. Obviously, Porzingis was a great pick. But what does he do? This stubborn insistence on the triangle offense, uh, somehow blaming his superstar Carmelo for not implementing it correctly. <laughs> and then uh, Porzingis, you know, was justly upset at the end of the season, didn't show up to his exit meeting. And and apparently the Zen master, you know, harbored a grudge throughout the summer and then put his star 21-year-old on the trade market publicly. Oh, told the world what he wanted in exchange for him. And I mean, to everyone's credit, that didn't happen. But, well, everyone's credit but Phil Jackson. So this was just a mess. And James Dolan created the mess but by empowering this guy to completely run the franchise. But he has taken a step to rectify it, so I'll give him some credit for that. And it's crazy, man. I mean, the Cavs lose their GM... Right, right around draft season, free agency season. I mean, it's it's just nuts that and these two franchises are just. Phillips is still yeah. There's sort of, sort of holding pattern, right? No, yeah. There's no movement there. I wonder if he's waiting to hear what LeBron does. Bizarre. Yeah, one of the most important junctures of the season. You you yeah. let your I don't. Know, it's such a strange decision. I mean, they. Sh- I mean, I don't know what they were thinking, man. I mean, once once that you're taking calls thing went down on the MSG thing. Goodbye. I I would have just fired him right there. Yeah, live on air. Yeah, exactly. Let's cut to James Dolan. Yeah. Adios. Uh, and then but, James yeah, Dolan, so... had a, he had a concert that night uh, on draft night. That's great. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it's so funny. People were out there booing him. It was so good. Uh, so okay. what, what, is, what does Jackson's exit do? Apparently, it seems like Carmelo now is much more likely to stay. He's not going to get bought out. We know that. Right. Um, I don't well, think, he, you know. I think maybe he was kind of holding it against Phil not to to you know to hold his trade clause so maybe now that phil's gone like he was just doing it as kind of like a um expletive you uh to phil saying oh yeah you you could say whatever you want about me going i got a no trade clause you're stuck a power play yeah Yeah. exactly so i think that phil's gone i think he's actually a little little more likely to be traded oh interesting yeah Yeah, i I never really looked at it like that i guess yeah Melo probably wants a ring and he looks around and probably says to himself this roster's not gonna get me uh-huh. there so yeah maybe maybe you're right i don't know yeah who knows um i mean obviously you know he got uh, i think he and his wife were kind of uh on the outs but now apparently they're back together or whatever so good for him um you know his kids are there they love ny so that's probably like, if he didn't have a family for instance i think that the likelihood he'd be traded is way higher mm. but, and he's got what next year it's early termination so he yeah. could he can end it in 2018 and still, you know, be in a position to get a near max contract yep. if people are willing to gamble on him given his age and so forth. Yeah, I think he's starting to, to but he's like CP3, another guy who his style of play I think could go for a while. Um, yeah, where, it translates well. Yeah, whereas a guy like uh, Westbrook, you know, when he loses a step, he's going to be a very different player. See, T. Mello, his game translates well to aging, but right. does it translate well to today's NBA? Because right. it is. I mean, Phil Jackson, some of his criticisms are legitimate. Mello is a very ball-dominant, isolation-heavy kind of player, and that's not the way the league is trending. That's not, you know, teams that go deep into the playoffs don't play like that. They don't feed the ball to a guy on the wing who backs down a, a you know, a smaller wing defender. It's 
So I don't, it's interesting because you're right. He, his game does, you know, sort of it sort of defies age. But I'm not sure that he's he's cut out for uh, today's NBA. And now that the Rockets are all about the cap manipulation right now, they just traded for Ryan Kelly, uh, DeAndre Liggins, well, somebody else I'm forgetting. Um, just it's just they're they're getting there's something else is cooking, man. Um, they're going to be a team to yeah. watch for sure. I wish I could read the tea leaves and figure out what all those strange yeah. little small moves mean. But yeah, you're right. It seems they, like they're clearing clearing the runway for a bigger move. Yeah, they got something going on, man. So um, this isn't done. This is the column that I wrote at world.com. It's on the front page right now. Um, check that out if you want to kind of we pretty much hit everything. So thanks for listening. Um, but yeah, if you want to kind of see it in writing, there's some other notes. Points I made in there, but we pretty much got that in there. Um, anything else you want to add? What do you got going? You got something cooking for today, or? Uh, nope. Today I was gonna do a, a CP3 column, but you beat me to the punch there. And, and, uh, and, yeah, Steve. There's there's a, there's a bunch of things I have brewing. But... Oh, there's so much stuff going on today, man. Yeah, Steve hit me up. Was like, yo, um, do that real fast. Like, yeah, sure. So I was yeah. kinda, like I was prepping for this, so like I kind of had it ready. You know, that's good to go. Yeah, same way. I had a bunch <laughs> of stats pulled. We we started out hot with all the CP3 stats, and yeah. uh, hopefully people hung in there for yeah, that. Yeah, for sure. But all yeah, right. we we got a uh, free agencies coming right up. I so can't it's believe gonna be, it. It's gonna be a wild week. It's gonna be nuts, man. It's like Saturday. I'm gonna. I don't really drink energy drinks, but I may have to go down on on Saturday morning. And then we'll see who the first contract is. The first contract of last offseason is probably the worst. Um, Timothy Mozgov was the first official deal to go down last year. That obviously... Yeah, somehow the Lakers got out from under that one, but they're still stuck with Dang. People were just... I don't like that move for LA, man. I mean, you're... D'Angelo Russell's 21 years old. He's like, his style of play is so great for... Especially the Nets with their fast pace and... Um, very, very, I think they led the NBA in spot-up plays per game last year. I mean, he's going to be an awesome fit. I think Atkinson can make him into a star, man. Yeah, so you're saying you you think LA should have just kept him and yeah. see what, what they had there. I mean, you, you shouldn't have to throw in D'Angelo Russell to yeah. get that deal to work. <laughs> I mean, this guy was your franchise player like a year ago. Yeah, before. I got gotcha. you. I think it was... The only way you can sort of justify it is that LA is playing the long game and they're trying yeah. to clear cap space to land a max free agent, right. aka Paul George, and you know that's the the thinking. But, but you're right to to give up on D'Angelo Russell. It, yeah, it was it was a a steep price to yeah, pay. Like unless you're unless you're pretty sure that offer's never going to be there again, then yeah, okay, it's not a bad deal. But come on, man. There's so many teams that are trying to do the hinky move, you know, taking on Cap yeah. for Nick Stauskas, Carl Carl Landry, and Jason Thompson, and right. they're you know <laughs> they, now they're chilling. Like the the Kings got fleeced in that deal just because they yeah. wanted to sign Marco Bellinelli, Rajon Rondo, and Costa Cufas. Have <laughs> the uh, have the Lakers used their stretch provision? No, I don't know? think so. Because I thought they could have waived Mozzie uh, on a stretch. Yeah, they so could they could have. turn. Yeah, so they Dang. could have turned either Dang or Mozzie into, into that, probably. Yeah. All right, uh, so uh, we're out of here on that. I don't know when we're going to pod again. Probably Saturday night or I don't know what the deal is, but it's going to be crazy. So hop on RotorWorld.com. We'll have all the rumors and all that good stuff. Um, Ryan's got something cooking, so check that out. Uh, you guys enjoy your week and enjoy the madness this weekend. Thanks for coming on, Ryan. Have fun, Mike. Thank you. 
Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.